Welcome into your Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for September the 16th, 2022. Uh, the the uh, unofficial summer is gone. The official summer is almost gone, Mickey. Lots of crazy fireworks uh, that we've had. Lots of cross currents. Lots of worry. The metals were an interesting mix because for the first time in a while, they actually is a group that considerably better than the stock market, especially silver. So let's start with the precious metals. Yeah, I think it can be argued that silver got oversold. It's made a big rally up eight and a half percent in the last couple of weeks. Still trading below twenty bucks, but we'll go with gold first. Sixteen seventy four, it breached resistance, hanging around pretty strong resistance right now on a much stronger dollar and rapidly increasing treasury yields both bills and bonds weighed in negatively on gold um, we already mentioned silver and platinum had a nice week it once again has been up uh, over around nine percent over the last couple of weeks total close at nine ten why that is i have no idea palladium lost 2.2 percent to close at 2059 this week and and copper, I have to sh- give a shout out to copper as well, Mickey, because just like silver, it has held up well. If you go back to the last time that the dollar peaked, both of these copper, I mean, copper was 10% less than this. Well, this is true, and the point is well taken. Despite a much stronger U.S. dollar up something around 70 basis points uh, week to week, Copper held in. It was only off a penny. It traded at ended the week at 355 on the spot market. But it is extremely backward right now with a declining foreign forward curve, severely declining forward curve. So that would indicate to me that speculators are not real bullish on copper going forward. Yeah, well, we'll take what we can get, I guess. But but this this to me was perhaps a telltale week when we're going to get another attempt as a group to see commodities outperform equities. Of course, we'll get to the equities later. Energy was kind yeah, of... Yeah, and so I'm not sure I mentioned the copper price. Closed at 355 yeah. off a penny. Yep, right. And moving on to energy, there was a little bit more weakness there. You've got supply issues, again, being trumped by recession worries and by the dollar. Yeah, it's been in the doldrums here for the last three weeks uh, with various macroeconomic worries, recession, inflation, uh, demand from China, et cetera, et cetera. So oil closed off uh, a little bit more than a percent, closed at 85.27. That's still pretty high oil price. Uh, rigs in the U.S., uh, gas rigs actually declined. Oil rigs are up more, so we end up with plus four rigs turning to the right this week. Production flat at 12.1 million barrels per day. We'll see what the final EIA numbers are. That's just an estimate. Inventories robustly up 2.4 million barrels this this week. And imports after a uh, more than one million barrel per day jump last week, came back down, lost a million barrels. They averaged 5.8 million barrels today, per day. 
not sure what's going on with the ups and downs on imports. Probably something to do with tanker deliveries to the Gulf Coast. Uh, regardless, that's on the low end since Biden's been president. Refineries flat at 16.1 million barrels, but gasoline stocks remain very low, less than the five-year seasonal average. Some energy factoids right now. China has announced they are easing off on the purchase of LNG and ramping up coal production for uh, the winter. And natural gas was very volatile this week. Henry Hub lost nine and a half percent yesterday uh latest number i saw was close about 832 per million btu yeah it got whacked pretty good but you know on top of the china news that you just mentioned uh mother nature has decided to be kind up to to this point to the southeast and eastern united states there were no named hurricanes in the month of august for the first time in a long time a couple of ones brewing right now but you know the premium that you usually have in the, in the prices of these energy commodities too this time of year because of weather just isn't there could could change tomorrow for all we well know. and so that's a good point uh we tweeted this yesterday yeah uh, we have had no hurricane season uh and there is one named hurricane out in the atlantic right now um and there's only been five tropical storms named so far. And that's the first time this has happened since 2013. So I wonder how the climate change aficionados are going to spin this <laughs> weather event into something about climate change. No doubt they will try. I don't know. Neither Al Gore Jr. nor Greta Thunberg returned my calls on that. And I was anxious to hear their explanation uh real quick before we move on uranium gave back a little bit of its recent gains yeah it's hanging around 50 dollars closed at 50.38 for a three percent decline on the week despite the fact there's been some buzz in uranium space regarding uranium equities presumably because some movements in uh government credit support for a domestic uranium industry, but that price still has at least $25, dollars $35 to go before we'll see uh, U.S. ISR production ramp up. I think you're right. Uh, moving on to money, you mentioned the dollar. We had another big close for the dollar. In fact, just by a whisker, it was the biggest weekly close for the dollar index yet in this move. Closed at 109.64, so that's uh, uh, 68 basis points rise. That's pretty big for a foreign exchange uh, arbitrage. A lot of this was driven supposedly, supposedly by the expectation of higher interest rates coming down the pike next week. We certainly expect that. Uh, the main thing I noticed was the euro... Uh, less, lost less than the U.S. dollar gained. It closed at 1002 for a two-tenths percent loss. The loonie kind of took it in the shorts this week, almost a two percent loss to 75.36. This is presumably due to commodities, weakness, oil, and metals. Um, what really strikes me about 
what's going on in money markets right now or monetary uh, metrics would be that the two and ten year treasury is increasingly inverted to the amount of about 42 basis points right now and 10 year hit a 11 year high at 3.45% while the two year uh, is in the sky at 3.88% that is a high for the last 15 years right. below the global economic crisis. Yeah, you got to go back before that to two. I think it was November 2007. Uh, interesting yes, stuff. Yeah, and we'll see what we'll, we'll get to when we're looking the next week. We'll talk about that Fed meeting coming up. First of all, the stock market, most of these losses, of course, came in that big washout on Tuesday after the hot inflation number. Everybody worried about the Fed is going to really. Uh, ramp up the interest rate increases. Lots of chatter about one full percent, which not even Paul Volcker did that um, back when. So uh, the, the the market uh, was was ugly, broke, especially on the S and P five hundred, a key technical level. That it did. S and P five hundred closed at. 3873 and these numbers included a rally over the last couple of hours right uh down 4.8 percent on the week a bad tuesday a bad today volatility index jumped this week to the mid-20s a little bit higher close at 26.5 the dow lost 4.1 percent close at 30,822 nasdaq was the big loser as it commonly is in volatile markets closed at 11441 down five and a half percent um well this is markets are worried for good reason inflation pending rate increases out of control debt debt forgiveness uh, recession pending or in my opinion and I could I would imagine yours too ongoing so that all weighed in on the market um, big loser on Wall Street today was FedEx yep. lost 22 percent today on advanced guidance that their shipping business has taken a big hit not a lot of demand as the recession deepens. No, I mean, you can count on the fingers of one hand the number of companies who you look to to get a taste of what the real world economy is, and FedEx is one of those fingers uh, because there's nobody bigger than them internationally. I think Amazon is bigger domestically uh, as far as shipping and so forth. So if they tell you stuff is slowing down, you better believe it's slowing down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested here... Uh... On Fox Business coming up here, I think within the hour, Fred Smith, ex-CEO, chairman of the board of FedEx, is going to speak to Larry Kudlow. So Ooh. I'll be tuned into that. You, you might. I don't think I'll catch that. You're going to have to give me the, the post-mortem of that later on. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be uh, <laughs> be someplace on YouTube, but... Uh, but yeah, I'll do that for sure. Cool. Real quick, finishing up with, with the equities, the Venture Exchange pretty much gave back this week what it regained last week. Yeah, and it once again is more or less tracking the major U.S. markets. Sold off three of the last four days. Uh, big sell-offs on Tuesday. Um, 
Pretty big one yesterday and an even bigger one today. It closed at 6.30, down 2.5% on the week. Volumes ticked up today, I think 33 million shares, but uh, yesterday they were a lowly 22 million shares. Once again, no interest in these very highly uh, leveraged, high-risk, high-reward stocks. Yep, not at the moment anyway. You know, before we get into this week's poll, uh, which we're happy to have uh, another version of after your your, your absence, um, let's look to next week. You know, the Fed meeting, of course, is going to be on everybody's mind. Um, we could very well, and in fact, this is my belief and prediction, is we could see uh, people who were wrong last week thinking that things are going to be great, then they got worried this week. I think next week we're going to see the Fed maybe throw a bone to the markets. We'll get another 75 basis point hike, but they're going to at least in some fashion uh, tell us that they do really see what FedEx told us that they are experiencing this morning and suggest that if they continue to see these signs of weakness, they'll throttle back down things. And, you know, maybe this market zips right back the other direction. Uh, I, I think that's the... That, that's my base case for next week, personally, Mickey. Well, I tend not to predict those sorts of things because it's uh, a can of worms to try to do it. Um, but I, too, expect uh, 75 basis points rise. I would be quite surprised if it's 1%. That comes in on Wednesday, the meeting and the rate announcement uh, Bank of England rate on Thursday. That's a pretty big one, too. We've got uh, the usual uh, housing data, various metrics on Tuesday and Wednesday. And right before we talk uh, on Friday, Chairman Powell is going to give a speech explaining it all. So that will no doubt affect the markets on Friday afternoon. We'll make sure to have the beer and popcorn ready for that. So what is this week's uh, Twitter poll, Mickey? Uh, by the way, Fred Smith is on Cudlow right now. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I'll wind it back as soon as we're done. Yeah, there so you go. So this week's poll is a political question once again, and that's which neighborhood should Governor DeSantis send the next plane load of illegal Venezuelans. <laughs> and your choices are complete with zip codes on Twitter. I won't give the zip codes here, but I think you'll get my drift. Rehoboth, Delaware. Number two, Pacific Heights, California. Number three, Hyde Park, Illinois. And number four, Georgetown District of Columbia. I got to go with Pacific Heights, California, personally, and simply because all else being equal, Gavin Newsom had to open his mouth and ask for a federal investigation of DeSantis. Uh, well, that's, uh, I understand what you're doing, but that's actually where Pelosi lives. Oh, okay. Well, it's not, close, close not enough. <laughs> But that's okay. You're right about Newsom. Yeah. So uh, my choice, uh, 
And for those that don't quite get the little inside joke, uh, the first one in Delaware is where Biden has his beach house. Second one in California is where Pelosi lives. The third one is Obama's primary residence in South Chicago. And the fourth one is where all the damn politicians live in the District of Columbia. And that is by far my choice. We should just flood Georgetown with a bunch of illegal immigrants and see how they like it. Yeah, well, they probably wouldn't. That's for darn sure. <laughs> they certainly didn't like it in Martha's Vineyard. No, they didn't. That was that was quite fifty people. They don't have room for. Yeah, no, they don't have room. Is right. Crazy stuff. Hypo- hypocrisy by the by the mile. But that's our world. Mickey, thanks. Good to have you back this week, and we'll look forward to. Uh, next Friday after the market close. Thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks a lot, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at NationalInvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.